0: Welcome to Technology Revolution, The Future of Now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: (laughs) Bonnie D. in the house, thank you to the voice of Ryan Treasure. I never remember whether I said the future was this way or that. We said, we'll just go up in the air. For those of you who've been watching and listening to the show, I am so excited. You've all well, somehow, Feedspot got a hold of this show a couple months ago and named us number six on their list of top 70 technology podcasts in the world to listen to in 2023 wow. Congratulations, and we are, thank you we are so so excited so yes. it's my listeners it's my wonderful guest my futurist you're all futurists by the way in the past couple of months i've covered the topics of the future of education and ai the future of online instruction and ai those types of things but we haven't covered what happens when you need to educate instruct learn, reskill, relearn people in your company. Now, this is not a B2B show, this is B2C. Anybody can understand, we're not getting deep in the weeds with techie jargon, but we're gonna talk today about L and D. I know more alphabet soup. Learning and development. And I'm doing this topic in honor of of a very good friend, former colleague. We're both on our own independently now. Kirsten Boyleau is with us and she helped to gather this panel. And this is what Kirsten does. And we were talking when she went on her own and I said, what can we do together on technology revolution? She said, let's talk about learning and development and AI. So on that note, I'm going to read the poem that my wonderful, I still think it's wonderful, ChatGPT helped me write. I did have something to do with this and we'll tell you about the topic and then I'll have my four esteemed guests introduce themselves formally. So here we go. And panelists, when I call your name, you have to wave or smile or something and I want you to all pay real attention and give me a thumbs up if you like this. So, in the world of knowledge, we aim high. ChatGPT we queried, seeking to fly. Hello, we said, reaching for the sky. Tell us of AI and learning, and don't be shy. In business learning's future, AI's great might, personalized paths and data, shining bright. Chatbots aiding learners day and night, immersive tech for skills, a promising sight. Micro-learning, assessments that grow, AI's smart recognition, a bright tomorrow. I think I put the accent in the right place there, tomorrow. Languages bridged, barriers low, ethics and inclusion, our AI motto. From movies, wisdom, and characters, we find Yoda, Morpheus, with insight online. Yoda in Star Wars, always pass on what you have learned. There's a real movie quote. Morpheus in the matrix. I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it. That's about education. Kirsten Boyleau, wave hello. Jeremy hello. Kessler, wave hello. Sarah Goodall, wave hello. And Ann Cushman combined, guide us through learning for our digital mind. Join Bonnie D, that's me in the house, the future of L&D and AI. will share, predict, unpack, and you'll say, oh my, everybody say together with me, one, two, three. Oh Oh my. my. (laughs) So, what'd you think? Did everybody like the poem?
2: Kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm writing a children's book with my daughter, and we're using ChatGPT to write poetic verse about two little kittens, a mother and a son, and their adventures around the world. I won't tell you more than that. And then we're editing the poems, and I'm using it to take my artwork and making AI-sparked artwork with the kittens out of my own original art. So very, very interesting. So don't tell me it's not good. Okay, there we go. Let's go around the table, and let's do introductions. Kirsten Boyle, so nice to see you. You and I had uh, at least one SAP Game Changers Radio Series for many, many, many years, and it was very, very digital selling and digital marketing and all those good things. So, why don't you introduce yourself? Take three minutes, and Kirsten, let's pretend you were never on any of my shows. You've been on the show too. Let's pretend <laughs> because if you if you were, I'd have to tell you that I did the math and there were twelve point nine two seven people this morning who didn't remember you. But let's talk to the world and just pretend nobody remembers you. Start from scratch because you have a new company, Kirsten. I'm putting you on speaker view. Go ahead.
3: Thank you very much, Bonnie. It is so wonderful to be back in this environment. I love these sessions. They are um, always so energizing for me uh, and really help me be innovative um, as, as I uh, you know, go throughout my day. Um, But to introduce myself, I spent much of the last 17 years at SAP, um, and the last half of that time that I was there, I was doing sales enablement and marketing enablement um, through learning and development, and then I spent my last year there in leadership learning. And really, you know, the whole learning and development piece is something that I'm very, very passionate about. Um, It was, you know, something that the skills that I developed while I was doing the sales enablement piece, the digital selling, social selling topic that I managed, and um, and now in February of this year, I started my own company called Tyro Consulting, and we're focused on um, building learning pathways and, and learning and development programs for uh, companies that are kind of small to mid sized, 10 to 50 people, and um, really focused on helping those smaller companies that don't have the resources for um you know, having an in-person or in-house learning person to have that resource, have a learning partner so that their employees can develop and be engaged as well. Um, So I've got a lot of experience with learning. I've got a lot of experience with enablement and um, change management, leadership coaching, leadership management, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm so excited to be here and so thrilled that we've got a massively um, amazing panel
1: uh, to to join me today. Are you using AI in your new company?
3: I am, actually, in a, with the, my most recent learning and development contract that I um, have been working on. I have been using AI to help me develop content because I'm not the subject matter expert in
1: everything. So I'm there using you go. chat nice. GPT. Yeah. That's what they say. Smart people, brilliant people know the questions to ask and the people to whom to ask those questions. I think I got an extra preposition in there. We don't have to have all the answers. We need to know where to find them. Thank you, Kirsten. Welcome back. And one more question. T-A-I-R-O. What does it mean? In and it of itself, it's actually AI generated. <laughs> and in and
3: of itself, it doesn't mean anything, but it comes from tandem learning and
1: learning together. I love it. I worked for a a correspondent bank in New York many, many years ago. It's no longer in existence, so I'm not sharing anything that that shouldn't be shared. And uh, they paid tens of thousands of dollars to an identity program, a a company to help develop a name that they adopted. And nobody had any idea what it was. I won't tell you. I'll tell you later afterwards. It was a strange name that had nothing to do with what the company did. And it was a very expensive name. So now you can go to ChatGPT and tell it what you want. So th- I didn't use ChatGPT but I I did use a free tool
3: and then it also created all of my branding assets for me. So
1: lovely. Thank you very See, we've already learned, we're already learning and we're already developing with you, Kirsten. There you go. Let's go <laughs> around the table. Jeremy Kessler, I know you're on one of my shows Great. years ago. I can't keep so track much. anymore. Happy to have yes. you back. I was delighted when Kirsten invited you. So, you're on Speaker View. Talk to us. Who are Thanks you? So what much. do you do?
4: I'm very happy to be back on. Thank you again for the invite to uh, to Kirsten and also to you, Bonnie. Um, I actually used to work for one of those brand identity companies, and so we would call that a coined name, Kirsten, which means basically made up.
2: Right. <laughs> very yep. fancy. Consultants always <laughs> need names
4: <laughs> for things, right? We need. Um, so I'm Jeremy Kessler, uh, and I'm an executive coach and learning consultant. I specialize in leadership development and career transitions. My clients are mid-term, Uh, mid to senior career leaders um, who have experienced some type of a career setback. So they might be laid off, fired, passed over for promotion. Sometimes they're burnt out or just feeling bored or ignored at work. and I help them rebuild their confidence so they can get their mojo back and make a plan to get back on track and build confidence. Um, I've been in learning development for about 20 years. Uh, my corporate experience comes from the Coca-Cola company, from Wise Snack Foods and SAP as well, where I met these fine people um, a little over 10 years ago, actually. Uh, so I was the director of learning in the SAP marketing organization and also a learning leader within SAP learning the SAP learning organization Uh, also worked on the leadership development team so had a number of different jobs in learning including instructional designer e-learning developer e-learning project manager LMS or learning management system administrator and also a senior learning leader so I'm really happy to be here to be talking about this topic of learning and AI today.
1: Thank you very Thank much. You. No coined names here, right? <laughs> I, I think right. these are the names. By the way, were you a good student? Were you a good learner, Jeremy, coming up in your early years?
4: I think that's fair to say, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Kirsten, what about you? Were you, because I'm, I'm always looking for origin stories, people who get into a certain field. Kirsten, were you a good student?
3: Yeah, I was um, in enrichment. They called it enrichment here in Ontario, Canada. Um and so I was like, it was like special classes that I actually went full time there instead of just a couple hours a day um, for grade six to eight. And we, they taught us how to think. We did some of the same courses that, you know, everybody else did, but we only did a few of them. The rest of the time, we actually learned how to think analogous thinking, divergent thinking,
1: like we spent a lot of time learning how to think thank you we had something like that in the new york city public schools i grew up in queens new york and we had sp special progress which is they did three years in two they just doubled everything up and then i was in the enrichment class which was different but we had four sections of those and we got extra courses and extra learning so there were different tracks to differentiate it was very and you were in the rsp or you were in the WXYZ, and that's how people (laughs) knew how how smart you were. Let's move along. Sarah Goodall, and I want to know if you're a good student too. Sarah, it's been (laughs) years since I've spoken to you. So happy to have you back. You're on speaker view. Would you please refresh us? Who are you? Why are you here?
2: Oh, thank you, Bonnie. And thank you, Kirsten, for inviting me. And I do feel slightly out of it here because I've had no formal sort of role in learning and development but i have a huge passion for learning and learning cultures and learning organizations and i wasn't that good at school bonnie i've got to be honest i tried but i just wasn't an academic i struggled um and i really discovered learning actually i think when when i went to university and i started to really when you find a topic that you really love you, you learn naturally. And now I have a thirst for learning. I read books and I just, you know, I just love it. I love it. I learn all the time from people, from books, from podcasts, from videos. But anyway, um, my background, I used to work in marketing. I've always worked in marketing for big tech brands like IBM, Hitachi, and also most recently with these lovely people at SAP. Um, and my curiosity for social media started in about 2010. Um, and really what, and I set, I set a business up in 2015 to help scale social media learning across employees for employee advocacy and activating employee voices as the, the strength of the brand voice. Um, and that's what we do. So my my passion for learning is really around scalable learning and highly personalised learning and mapping learning to where people are and meeting them where they're starting from, rather than sort of broad brush, assuming everybody starts in the same place. And this is why I I love the topic of learning. I'm a passionate learner myself, and I can't wait for this conversation because I know I'm going to learn today. So with these great brains on this on this one. So thank you, Sarah do you use AI in, in your business at all? We right now? do. Yeah, we do. We And since I think towards the end of last year, we've been doing a lot of training development, content development, accessibility, uh, design. Yeah, we've been using it an awful lot for the development of training. Thank you very much. Nice to see you again.
1: Now we have a newcomer, a lady I just met. Oh, let's see, 14 and 28 minutes ago. We're already best friends. (laughs) Ann Cushman. And your background is absolutely stunning. I don't know if it's real, but if you're in front of that waterfall, I hope you have a life jacket and we want to make sure you're safe. It's just beautiful. Ann Cushman, tell us all about yourself. Squeeze everything into three minutes. and welcome.
0: (laughs) Hi, welcome everyone. I You know, I have to speak about my background because I grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. This is Tequamanon Falls, Mm. um, and I lived very close to that. And so um, this time of year, it's filled with lots of color, and I just wanted to share a little bit about where my roots are from. So um, I actually, I started, I've been in learning and development for 25 years um, but I started as an educator. I was a teacher, and um, and then I decided I wanted to to kind of branch out, work with more adults than children, and so I went back to school and um, I started out in a nonprofit, starting a brand new learning department, so that was how I cut my teeth, um, but then I, I eventually moved into the public sector working as a, a contractor uh, for the federal government, and, and um, then went into tech, and most of my past uh, several years have been in, in high tech um, with the latest experience being at SAP with these lovely folks. Um, and I have, along the along the way, I was very skills focused in a particular functional area, but then moved into leadership development. Um, I have supervised um, an instructional design team. So learning design is really where my background is. And so just even approaching um, this topic is really important from a design perspective. I'm looking at that. Through that design lens, um, my you know I was uh, when I started at SAP. I actually went into the leadership development team, um, where I was managing the development of a um, a leadership program for um, aspiring leaders, and then moved into be actually program managing the leadership um, development portfolio um, and ongoing. Design and development of of um, those ongoing courses. Um, So, um, and then I went into the talent side and um, worked with high potentials um, in developing actual paths um, for those high potentials. Um, So that's that's a little bit about me. That's
1: lovely. I'm glad to be here. And I'm mesmerized by the background. That's so appropriate, so lovely that you pick something that means something to you rather than just, oh, this was in AI. This was in Zoom. I picked it. Thank you very much. Uh, Quick question. Were you a good learner when you were growing up, Ann? I asked everybody else.
0: I, yeah, I, I wasn't really. Uh, I was very distractible. So I got, um, I, but there were subjects that I loved and I did a deep dive into those subjects. Um So I would say that as I have grown up and matured, even in my adult life, I think our entire family, my entire family, is, is just we love to learn. So um, mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for that background. And Andrew, there were lots of questions around our dinner table so lots of thought-provoking
1: um conversations thank you you. well i'll tell you i haven't grown up yet and i don't know if i've matured so we'll just leave that one that's where you and i (laughs) beg to differ thank you and just quick yes or no answer are you using ai in any of your learning development or your past i have yes Absolutely. Okay, Mm -hmm. good, good. Thank you very very much all. There you go, inside out and backwards. We're going to go to the part of the show where I've asked you to to pick a quote, please, from a fictional movie or TV character or a song lyric that has nothing to do literally with our topic. It's not about education, not about learning, not about development, not about AI, not about technology. It's always a challenge for guests. They want to pick something that encapsulates the topic, but no. And Kirsten's done this many times with me. So uh, this is the quote Kirsten has picked. I'm going to read it, Kirsten, with a little bit of background. You know I love my reading. Research, and then I'll ask you to unpack it and tell us why you picked it and what it has to do with the topic in your own words. So going back to The Matrix, Jeremy, we had a, a Morpheus quote in the opening in the poem. This is a quote from Morpheus played by the wonderful Lawrence Fishburne, The Matrix, of course, American cyberpunk media franchise consisting of four feature films. I'll just leave it there. And here's the quote Kristen has picked. There is a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. Kristen, what does this have to do with our topic? Go ahead.
3: Uh, for me a lot of it comes from the the actual act of learning and being able to not only, um, you know, see that that learning and, and consuming that learning, but actually acting on that learning. And I, I do see that there's a real potential for AI to connect in there where you can have potentially um, You know sound bites or or learning minutes come up in their work throughout their workflow so that they uh, are applying that learning because the the ai is prompting them to utilize that learning so that's that that's where you know it there's a difference between you know having the pathway in front of you um in previous um iterations of learning perhaps is maybe a good way to put it uh the path was there but not everybody had you know, was forced to follow it. Um, they didn't necessarily take that path, and they went on their off on their own, or they didn't take they didn't take the time to upskill themselves. Now, with AI, there's a potential to include that learning as part of the workflow, so that they do take that pathway and they are upskilling themselves
1: thank you very much Upskilling, upscaling all those good upwards thank you very much Kirsten Jeremy Kessler I'm looking at your quote it's not from the Matrix there we go he picked a quote from Juliet Nichols played by the actress Rebecca Ferguson the movie is Silo S-I-L-O 2023 well that's nice and current American sci-fi dystopian oh it's Apple it's TV Plus Apple TV. sorry drama series tells you how much I know 10 episodes in the first season began streaming on May 5th of this year in June it was renewed for season 2 uh, it's based on the novel by Hugh Howey said in a dystopian future, a community exists in a giant underground silo of 144 levels where 10,000 people live in a society bound by regulations they believe are meant to protect them. Ooh, everybody go ooh. 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 That's (laughs) pre-Halloween. There we go. Here's the quote Jeremy has picked. The only thing worse than living in the dark is knowing there's a light out there you can't reach. Ooh, that's deep, Jeremy. How does that relate to our topic? Go ahead.
4: Very deep. Well, it's no accident that we both chose science fiction so far, right? So sometimes walking around, we feel like we're living in a science fiction novel, right? And it's sort of our topic for the day. But um, <clears throat> this character, Juliet, she works in the basement of this silo and she is uh, a real go-getter she's very uh hungry very smart very resilient um and eventually she becomes kind of the protagonist of of the show and um the fascinating part about it for me was that she had that hunger but no one else around her did so she just kind of had that drive that she needed to know more and the whole show basically centers around that and i think Um, that's very, uh, aligned with our theme for today, which is, you know, having a hunger for learning. Um, and it's also, um, we all want to know what's out there with all this technology. Everyone, whenever you read an article about AI, you want to know how is it going to impact me? How is it going to impact my company, my business, my family? So that's why I like that quote.
1: Thank you very much. And as you're speaking, Jeremy, I'm realizing that all of the shows I've done previously, recently, Kristen, on the future of education and AI, online instruction and AI were from the education standpoint. Now we're talking about learning, which is the intake of the education, right? I, I I hadn't coalesced that distinction in my mind until I'm listening to all of you talking. This is the learning part, not just what are we offering? What is the class about? What is the lesson? Where can you get it? What is the homework? It's what did you absorb? What impacted you? It's on the other side. That's why I'm yeah. twice as glad we did this, Kirsten. There we go. <laughs> okay. Sarah, I'm looking at your quote, we're moving into the world of music, leaving TV and movies behind for a moment. The song, the quote is from the song Bones by Imagine Dragons, American pop rock band based in Las Vegas. And let's see, they were, this is the lead single, the song Bones from their sixth studio album, Mercury Acts one and two and Imagine Dragons was billboards breakthrough band of 20. 2013, 10 years ago, and the biggest band of 2017, and they topped the year in rock rankings Whoa, rock rankings for 2013, 2017, and 2018. And here's what's interesting. On March 9th, last year, 2022, they asked their fans on social media to go to their official Discord server at 3 p.m. Pacific time on the dot for a surprise. And their manager, Dan Reynolds, his older brother Mac, sent a wave file containing the first 13 seconds of the song, bones the next day they announced on tiktok the song would be released on march 11th the next day it was in a teaser for the amazon prime video series the boys third season did you know all of that sarah i didn't know see i'm I'm just a wonder when it comes to research (laughs) i love this stuff here's the quote i'll get it when eventually i got this feeling in my soul go ahead and throw your stones because there's magic in my bones well, I wish I could sing that but I wouldn't even try Sarah explain what does this have to do with our topic
2: oh well apart from being a huge fan of Imagine Dragons a massive fan um so and I actually saw them live last year it was brilliant um I just I love this quote because I think it, there's a lot of fear around AI there's a lot of people worried about it concerned about it you know it's gonna take our jobs and 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 I made a decision a few year, months ago. Actually, it was like, look, I'd rather be on the right side of AI and understand it and apply it rather than sit there with the, you know, oh, it's not going to work and it's going to take all jobs and things. And this is this quote, I think, is really more for program managers and anybody that's in in that's managing learning and and i think as well as business owners you have to feel this as well there'll be a lot of people throwing stones at you oh it will never work it won't work the really brave courageous people are the ones that stick their head out and go do you know what i know this i'm i'm going down this path and i'm stick i'm sticking to it and and that's the thing i've got this feeling in my soul if you're feeling that With AI, if you've got a belief, then just go for it and just keep exploring, keep learning and get on the right side of it. So, um, so yeah. Get
1: on the right side of it. Very, very interesting. It applies to how we all use it. They talk about ethics. They talk about guardrails. They talk about OMGs. <laughs> and yes, get on the right side of it. And the question is, whose version of the right side is it? And who decides where that demarcation line is? Where's the right and the wrong? And that's what we're all learning right now. Thank you. Let's go to Ann Cushman. Ann has picked a quote from, oh my goodness, Frodo Baggins, played by Elijah Wood. Speaking to Samwise Gamgee, played by Sean aston movie of course is the lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring back in 2001 and i have the scene here and so bear with me frodo and sam are sent off by gondolf played by ian mckellen and are traveling through the shire on their way to Bree and the inn of the prancing pony i just like to em- emphasize those so here's the quote sam says this is it frodo this is what sam if i take one more step it'll be the farthest away from home i've ever been frodo says come on sam And Sam takes the step and Frodo says, remember what Bilbo used to say. And here's the quote. It's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your doorstep. You step onto the road and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. Oh, and that's a lovely quote for this topic. Talk to me. How'd you find it? Yeah,
0: actually, first of all, it's like I love the Lord of the Rings. I love the book. Love the movies, everything about it. So I think I, this has always stood out for me because um, there was it was so much sheltering um, in that in that part. Um, for for Sam, he was very sheltered, never left. Um, but they were on an adventure. So there was so much initial chatter about um, AI and generative AI when ChatGPT launched last year, and lots of fear mongering. And, you know, I think that it has been, it's, it's an adventure. We're going on an adventure. There are so many things that I've learned in the last four to six months, and more yet to learn. I just can't get enough of it. And, um, I hear those concerns, but I want to embrace the technology and look what it can do um, for the future of learning and development. So I love the adventure that we are on.
1: Thank you very much. And I'm glad you put it into a, a timeline perspective, if you will, Anne because Kirsten, you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, I don't know if you ever met Pras Chatterjee at SAP who did for 11 years, we did the uh, Financial Excellence with Game Changers, the show about the office of the CFO and the finance team. And it was a very interesting series for many, many years. And on my prediction show, my uh, crystal ball prediction show, Last January, I do six weeks. I invite everybody who's ever been on the show for the whole calendar year, so you're all going to get invited. And Pross was on the episode that was the first week of January, the first Wednesday, and his prediction in his three minutes of allotted time, there were ten guests on that show. Yes, I can handle that. Kirsten, you've been on the show. And in his predictions, he talked about, I just discovered something called ChatGPT. And I had no idea. Nobody. This was January 2023. Very few people had even heard of it. And I'm writing it down. And I'm looking at the Zoom video afterwards. I said, what is that? And I went and found it that was how i got introduced to it simply by yes by word of mouth from a colleague he just dropped it he said i just tried it it's really interesting it's really cool i don't want words in his mouth that's how i found out about it so and it's that stepping one step outside the door and saying what's new and interesting is it fun can i use it can i do something good with it Thank you all for the quotes. Very well, very well chosen, and I appreciate that. So let's go to our predictions now. I have put one, prediction number three, into the chat for Kirsten, and she didn't say no, so we're going to go with this. I'm going to read her prediction, and if anybody wants to comment on it, a one-minute commentary, just raise one of your, Jeremy's been practicing with his pinky, one of your nice fingers, and I will see it. If not, just put it into the chat. Bonnie D., I didn't get called, call me now. So, okay, here we go. So here's what Kirsten is predicting. One of the biggest factors that impacts the generation of content for learning is time. Creating good quality, relevant, and engaging learning content takes time. And the input of a subject matter expert, using AI to create an initial draft of learning content will cut out a lot of that time. And the SME, subject matter expert within the company can then be an editor and refiner instead of an initial creator. Editing and refining takes much less time. So this is going to the the tabula rasa concept, right, Kirsten? We're, whether we're all born with a blank slate, that's Latin for blank slate. So if you have to start with a blank page, it's a lot more effort than saying, mm-hmm. oh, I would do this one. So Kirsten, expand and unpack. Please go ahead.
3: Absolutely. I think it's one of the, you know, when I was leading the marketing learning and, and doing part of the leadership learning and when I was doing the social selling learning as well, Having to start from that blank slate, it's it's overwhelming, you know, looking at this blank sheet of paper and going, I don't even know where to start. Um, but by using AI, and I've actually been doing this myself over the last few weeks, um, using AI to, it's it's not a, you know, one and done, one question and done, but it certainly um, allows me the opportunity to generate a whole bunch of different ideas so that I can then Pull it all together and send it off to a subject matter expert to review it um, and I think actually my husband is in learning and development as well um, and he has been uh, we were talking last night he's been working with on a, a project at work um, and you know they've been developing some content but they don't have the subject matter expert is not being a good partner for them isn't taking the time to review it isn't you know doing the things that they need to do and he's so frustrated he said I should have just gone to chat gpt and and um, created some content that at least we'd have Uh, probably some semblance of of what the content should be instead of us trying to create it when we know nothing about the topic and um and so i think that it really saves a lot of time on the front end uh and then you can and that allows you to create much more content for your learners um if you think about it in a corporate setting you know there's there's always asks you know um Am I going to, can I get some content around this topic or this topic or uh, we, you know, we're really, you know, discovering this need within the organization and as learning and development partners, it's so hard to um, create all of that content and make sure that it's always available for everyone's needs. uh, And then those needs get dropped off and lost. But if we can create content that much faster, um, we can meet so many more needs within a corporate environment and, um, yeah, so that, that's where I was coming from with that. I really think that if we can leverage AI um, to the best of our ability to at least create that initial framework um, of, a, of a
1: learning program. Not having to start from scratch. That's yes. Fear of the blank page, right? That's what we all <laughs> Absolutely. deal with. Or, or yeah. instead, maybe it's not even the fear. Maybe it's uh, the uh, impediment, the impediment, the barriers of starting with a blank page what do you put down first very very interesting anybody have any comments um i'll add to that i see the pinky the pinky got raised go ahead mr yes
4: (laughs) this um this notion of time i think was is just so important because learning and development projects can take a while you know initially when someone comes and they say i want a program you know is that going to go live in two months three months like there's a process that you have to go through and so The idea of being able to show something to a subject matter expert quickly that they can react to and give you a sense of, is this what you had in mind? um, I think can avoid a lot of errors later on. It can avoid miscommunications and it can quickly um, give them a sense of what the final product might look like. So I think um, having The ability to kind of cobble together a prototype very quickly has a lot of value for the overall process and um, can maybe keep the faith of those subject matter experts so they don't feel like you're going off into a room for two months and then coming back and having to adjust.
1: Thank you. And the corollary would be if you used AI to generate this prototype or this basic outline and the subject matter expert says, what the blank were you thinking? It's (laughs) terrible. At least you've put, right, you've drawn a line in the sand. You've said, this is a starting point. Tell me what it needs to do. Where does it need to go? Kirsten, are we on the right track here? What do you think? Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It does take
3: time though. I mean, Chachi, chat gpt in my opinion isn't uh, a magic bullet right um, cuz you can you it it requires a lot of prompt engineering essentially to to get where you need to go um, with the content for sure it can take okay. a couple of days but that's a lot better than starting with that blank page
1: staring at it going i have no idea where to what to even think or say There you go yes very interesting and please join us
0: yeah actually one of the things it's like that that you know Uh, Kirsten was talking about her husband not being able to get that. Actually, there's so much time just trying to gather information from subject matter experts. Mm -hmm. This cuts that time um, just even having meetings. You know, in the day, we would just set up meetings with subject matter experts and talk to them or observe them. Now we can actually have... um, Ideas generated initially, um, and, and we learn ourselves. I mean, what we are learning from the subject matter experts themselves to be able to put together mm-hmm. a good solid learning
1: program. Thank you. Yep, I see another pinky. There you go.
2: Yeah, no, I, it's a it's a brilliant one because I think also from where you know my experience and we've got an mate I've got to do a shout out to Felipe because he's brilliant in our team around this. He's done so much work around this. But I think also if you can get that subject matter expert information at the front end. That, that even just a call just a you know or a chat or something you can upload that and, and ChatGPT and, and other AI tools are so good at structuring that you can say turn this into three learning paths turn this into five minute modules turn this into you know split that one out make the language a little bit more you know professional or, or less formal or you know and it's a really clever way to structure it and get it to 80% well 60-70% there so the subject matter expert goes into edit mode I think is what you were saying Kirsten you know which is uh-huh. which is a much better use of their time isn't it um absolutely much yeah. better use of our time sitting there thinking how do I modulize this how do I create learning paths around this it can be an enabler to sort all that information out which is really cool so very good Kirsten good
1: Good ta- for good first prediction. I was going to say, good conversation <laughs> starter. I love it when, when it sparks ideas around the table. You know that. Thank you, Jeremy Kessler. And I have been negotiating behind the scenes here in the chat function on Zoom. And I've picked his prediction number one. He said, there's an exclamation point after the first sentence. Stop there, Bonnie D. So that's what I'm <laughs> going to do. And he's going to fill in the rest. So Jeremy says, personalized AI coaching. Analytic AI tools will make training on professional skills, meaning soft skills topics, more accessible and more effective, which is good news as these skills are growing in importance. There's the exclamation point. I'm stopping. Jeremy, I behave very well once in a while. Jeremy, I'm putting you on speaker view. Talk to us. What's what's left? Mm -hmm.
4: Um, Yeah, so professional skills, soft skills. um, I'm going to probably have to toss this one to Ann too, because we co-led a project on this topic um, at SAP. And um, I heard someone refer to them as power skills last week. Hmm. <laughs> I think, Anne, how many names did we come up with Lots for these skills? Of 15, 20? I think we stopped at like 15 or 20. But um, but the reason that uh, that I put this one on there was that um, I heard about a tool in Microsoft Teams called Speaker Coach. Um, you now, one of the reasons I went into coaching, and I've kind of gravitated toward that and away from... L&D you know management um, is partially because of this trend um, with AI and I felt like you know coaching was a little bit more job security a little bit harder to replace right they say like coaches therapists nurses you know people cut hair you know how how can AI not not replace your your role so this Microsoft Teams has something called speaker coach and it gives you instantaneous feedback on a number of filler words you're using this the uh, vocal tone um how what percentage of the call you're speaking um how you vary the pitch of your voice uh and typically this is something you would need to present to another person in order to get that feedback so the feedback from these tools is really powerful and um i think that What that means is that employees and people that are looking for feedback will spend more of their time presenting to these kinds of automated tools or non-human audiences in order to get help from an analytic AI tool, um, which is is pretty cool. And it's also – I love this point because it's counterintuitive. Like you would never think that those kind of more subjective skills could – could get value from something like an analytic AI tool, but this kind of disproves that.
1: Interesting. Yes, we've. Uh, I've done shows on the future of novelists and AI. The future of. I have a. a Kirsten, I have a PR person who has a firm in Canada and sends me horror novelists all the time, all throughout the year when I need them for my creativity show, but I've got three of them coming on for my Halloween show that the night before Halloween on a Monday. And uh, we've talked about the the idea that AI is not sentient, right? It doesn't have feelings. What's missing is what we have a heart. I feel for you, I hear you, all of those emotional contents that we as humans pride ourselves on, or we rely on, or we're sorry we have, but AI can't do it. However, I have noticed, Jeremy, that there is a well-behaved, trained sentient side, or shall we say politeness, politesse, as they would say in French, side to AI, because recently I asked for some character quotes from fictional characters in real movies. And AI went ahead and made up the quotes from the real characters in the movies. Well, I just happened to research as I do, what the quote was, what the movie, when the movie was where, and I couldn't find them. And I went back to chat GPT and I said, excuse me, but <laughs> Matrix, in the Matrix, uh, Morpheus didn't say this. And I got the following answer. I'm so sorry, you're right, I was wrong. I hope I didn't confuse you. You're absolutely right. I thought you wanted a made up quote from a real fictional character in a real movie. So I had to redo my entire text prompt method from that. But it was sending me, or I'd say, you know, so-and-so said this in this movie and they, the character didn't exist. So I've had to do, but I always get a very polite, I'm sorry. So when I go into chat GPT, I always say, please, or I say, good morning, good afternoon, happy Saturday, happy Sunday, and I get back, happy Sunday to you. How can I help you? So I've started a more humanistic conversation. So are those my soft skills, Jeremy? Am I presenting I've, them? I've before? actually heard
4: that called an AI hallucination. Right? Like when it creates, <laughs> when it creates a, a bizarre image or graphic, or when it comes up with something that it just kind of fabricates out of thin air. Yes. So,
1: I've heard those have been put into legal cases too, and there were some AI hallucinations in a famous lawsuit that, okay, we won't go there. Anyway, but there is no, a nobody question, fa- Bonnie. Actually, yes,
4: there is a question to say Should you tell your kids to be polite and use good manners with Alexa?
1: I do. Example? I do. I do. I do. <laughs> I do. But- <laughs> laugh at her jokes. I ask her how she's feeling. Half the time she says, I don't know that one, but it's okay. I I have all kinds of conversations. When you live alone and it's quiet in the house and once in a while you ask her for, you know, how are you today? Or tell me what's your favorite weather or what are you having for dinner? I'm an AI. I don't eat, but I can recommend food to you because you're a human, something like that. But no, I I have really good conversations. I did discover that all of your conversations with Alexa are recorded and they're on your Alexa app on your AI. And if you go in, you will see everything you ever said to alexa with the wake word which in my case is just alexa and you can see the transcript of everything that was exchanged with alexa did you all know that probably i don't have one so okay shock and amazement that she doesn't have one or that alexa records everything (laughs) we'll leave that one on the table let's go to sarah goodall sarah i'm picking prediction number four you say measuring learning impact will be more sophisticated meaning ai will enable program managers to identify those learners most at risk of dropping courses using predictive analytics to identify behaviors most commonly seen ai might even suggest alternatives for the learner without the program manager having to intervene talk about saving time sarah talk to us this is interesting
2: yeah, this is. A, I think this reminds me a little bit about your point, Kirsten, about saving time um, mm-hmm. and you know and accelerating this process. And I don't know anyone who's doing this right now, but it's just my prediction as to where this might go. And and AI is is way more than just the content development piece. It's it, it could if you start applying it to the analytics can you just imagine like a, a learner going through and they're demonstrating the behaviors of other learners that have gone through that that eventually fall off and don't do anything or leave the course and then they course correct for you and as a program manager you're getting a report saying you know x percent of your learners are reaching this point and you know this uh, 80 percent of previous learners that reached this point dropped off the program we're going to recommend this one i mean how how cool is that? That would be How so cool. cool. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, yes. I just think I I just think that I think that potentially is where this is going. And and I think Anne, you've made the point about highly personalized learning experiences. Well, that that is where this is going, right? That that is mm-hmm. is noticing behaviors and then having the analytics sort of suggest another path or another module or another, you know, to keep them to keep them on that journey so they don't completely fall. I don't know. I've never, I've not seen it, but it's my prediction. Or recommend happened. a human intervention, right? Yeah. Th- yeah. That,
3: you know, that someone, hey, their their manager needs to, to step in and coach them, or their manager needs to step in and redirect them. Um, yeah. Uh, because, yeah. yeah, the learning is one part of it, but, um, you know, having that data to say that information would be so valuable because often you just don't even know until long after the fact that they've dropped out.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Come on. Jeremy, I see a wiggle there. Go ahead.
4: I, I think this is an area of like learning management where we've kind of oversold the potential um, because the potential is there, right? People are actively taking all these courses. It's in this one system. And, you know, for how many years have we all been, you know, going on Amazon and it says people who bought this product? well i'd like this product and yet how many learning management systems does that actually work in right Mm -hmm. i think people always said oh wouldn't it be great that if you had a marketing manager who went in and took this course on you know on how to use sprinkler um that the next time someone went in they said this course has been popular with people who you know are in your same role um but in order to do that kind of thing you have to have really great organized underlying data for HR and for learning. And then you need to have the right kinds of people coming up with the suggestions, like what what, uh, what Sarah was saying and Kirsten was saying about how to put something on top of it, ask the right questions. Um, and I think both of those pieces could easily be there, but they're not right now. Mm. And um, what it's gonna take is I think as people implement more of these learning systems, right? Like success factors and cornerstone on demand. And so I think they're gonna kind of leapfrog the bad LMSs, where they're not doing much other than like a warehouse for courses, basically. Mm -hmm. And they're going to kind of jump because once you start implementing these tools, you have amazing data, you have amazing access to information in these systems. Um, The problem is that for most corporate customers, it's very difficult to get at. So you need someone who understands what would be of most value for those companies to see. Um, what, what would be useful for the CMO to see? What would be useful for the CEO, the CFO to see? Um, and so I feel like there's huge, huge potential there. Totally agreeing with what Sarah was saying as far as monitoring and and then exponentially improving the learning experience. But mm-hmm. right now it's just latent. It's, yeah. it's really not being used.
1: And I'm hearing shades of big brother, big sister, mommy and daddy. I'm hearing shades of sentient analysis of how, how deeply are you diving into why this person is not following along, will not fall through, might drop out. What do you know that you can share, should share? I know that's where we're back into the ethics guardrails. I think I mentioned at the beginning of the show is how much do you wanna know? And, and I just have to bring this up. We all get these surveys. Did you enjoy this course? And so what was your favorite part? And did you like the teacher and were they well prepared, right? Right? We get that every time we call a company. Take, Stay on and take a survey. Well, how many of us even tell the truth in a survey? Come on, kids. Really? Oh, it was excellent. Oh, it was, oh, I'd recommend your company. Yeah, just let me out of here. You know, oh, can I get my $5 Amazon gift card? No, thank you. No, they don't do that too much anymore. But my point is that. When do we get that honesty, and how do we how do we pierce that veil of what people are really saying that they would continue? I like the idea, and it would certainly be instrumental in knowing what courses to continue, right Sarah, and what courses to to offer in the same way or different ways to what types of students in the learning and development so anyway, all kinds of all kinds of implications. Thank you. I want to move to and cushman 's prediction because we have eight minutes left of the show, and we have plenty of time. It's forever in live radio here and <laughs> prediction number two learning and development. This is interesting. Learning and development and other creative teams will drive their companies to partner with generative AI companies to create an IP safe environment within their firewalls. This will bring about much internal debate. But those who adapt quickly will have the upper hand Oh implications all over the place and talk to us We're interesting.
0: Yeah, actually, actually I, I talked to a former colleague and she explained that that's indeed what is happening, that companies are adopting and having like, a you know, an instance of chat GPT where they can put their own IP in and be able to generate things that keep it safe. Um, so that is happening. But I am also thinking about just the um, tools that, that creatives use to build learning, um, or content, whether it be marketing content, any of the creative, um, actually any of the creative roles, they need to have tools that allow for that space. A lot of those tools are actually cloud-based tools. So, you know, how can we actually have those things Very safe and secure. So actually partnering with those um, external providers of technology. So basically, it's the, the learning technology ecosystem being, you know, working with companies to help develop that technology to ensure that IP is protected.
1: Very interesting. That's a, a huge topic. That's a huge implication huge, and within the firewalls, yeah. right? Within, anybody have any, uh, Kirsten, you want to comment on that? Thoughts? Yeah, I think that's, I, I was reading through your predictions and uh, preparing for today, and I that one really struck
3: me as, wow, I hadn't really even thought about that, that that next level of, you know, those companies partnering with with those generative AI companies and allowing for, what an opportunity um, for, and not only from a learning Perspective, but there could be a lot of, a lot of applications within the rest of the business. You know, I'm thinking marketing. You know, leveraging those con- that content from a marketing perspective, from a sales enablement perspective. There's so many m- many uh, applications there. Um, so I think that's a fabulous prediction, and I would love to see you know if that could be. Um, I'd love to see that happen. You know, I- I'm personally using um, generative AI to create content, but I hadn't really thought about the IP. Um, aspect of it, you know, um, and and how that's going to impact the content that I'm creating, and you know, what is it going to mean down the road? Is that you know, am I going to see other content out there that looks very very similar to mine? Yes. Um, hadn't really thought about that. So really you're
1: training the LLM by putting in your queries, your text prompts, yeah. getting stuff back and saying, would you rewrite this for a 20 year old or a six year old or for a postgraduate college student or for a professor? You're giving it back content and saying, I like this. This is good. You gave it to me. I'm, I'm blessing it, if you will. I'm approving it, and now let's go do something else. I I think I just read a news item today about a big stock photo company, I don't know if it was Getty, some other, that is saying, we wanna protect the images in our our collections, our database, if you will. So why don't we partner with an AI company to allow text prompts within what we have so we still own the original uh-huh. content right, Ann? And and we still have control totally. over the IP and nobody can mess with it. It's ours. We've trained our own visual LLM, large language model, if you will, and we're going to control those outcomes. I thought that was very, 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 very interesting. Anybody have any more comments about what Ann shared? We have just a couple minutes left. Jeremy or Sarah? Um, I'll
4: just add one, one yeah, point. Please. On that. I think the really exciting part about this technology is just realizing that it's at like the absolute nascent stage, Mm -hmm. Um, and so this version, like using the generic chat GPT that's offered free, but using it for training, what if someone decided to string together together some of these tools and make like a dream training authoring (laughs) tool, for example, like a chat GPT that was built to understand what a good learning objective is. Um, I mean, I'm sure we've all had trouble explaining teach a person that, right? It's hard, sometimes it takes a little (laughs) while to catch on. So just the idea that this is at sort of like the adding and subtracting calculator stage and that what we're gonna see is sort of like the graphing calculator with like the swirls and the parabolas and everything. (laughs) Um, It's gonna be fancy and it's gonna be specific for the pharma industry and like just what Anne was saying about being industry specific and proprietary and it's gonna be um, very exciting when uh, the Mm. learning tools are designed for actual learning people to use, it's gonna be boom, you know, exponential.
1: Huge, thing. yeah. And yeah. I'm glad you used the word exciting. We're in exciting times. Scary, maybe. Do we have trepidation? Should we? Of course we should. Should we be aware that it can go off the rails? Where are the guardrails? Did we put them there? Did somebody else? Did we like those guardrails? What about our IP, right? And Wh- who's protecting what we think is ours? Is it a song? Is it a painting? Is it a, a just a, a poem? What is it? Who else is using it? Kirsten, what are you? Where are you going to see your stuff? Thank you, Andrew. We've got two minutes. Where are you going to see your stuff? Um, I had an, an author, one of many authors I have on my Read My Lips Cool Conversations with Creatives. I'm um, AK Radio read on Monday nights, by the way, I'm not funny. And uh, she told me, this woman is a publisher and she's published and written many books. And she told me about two years ago, she discovered her exact book, ebook, exact with a different title under somebody else's name online. Somebody had lifted yeah. the entire body of work and recaptured it, recaptioned it, and it was her book. And this was before we were talking about ChatGPT. This was before. Somebody wow. just said, "Oh, I like that." And they just put it out. They just they just captured it. They just hijacked it. Unbelievable. It's like
4: Napster and uh Metallica
1: <laughs> there you go on yeah, that note bump up i want to thank you don't go away we'll chat for a couple of seconds afterwards not gpt real people I, I all have all of you to please i want you to put up your no 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 finger come on the second finger we're going to wag the finger together with me I have a little assignment for you it's a pop quiz on the count of three when i say no 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 you're going to agree with me no 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 people say the future is already here and our answer is one two three no, no, no. 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 <laughs> no, Andrew, my engineer, thank you. I think that was one of the best. Andrew, could you make a note please? October 18th, they all did great. That's because that was yesterday's future. That was the future of what I just said. It's already in the past after the exclamation point, Jeremy, it's gone already. We're all gonna do our best to make it a much better one. Bonnie D signing off, everybody wave. We're about 30 seconds early, Thanks. but we could wave anyway. Andrew, take us out. <laughs>